Welcome to Oktoberfest, motherfuckers! By the pricking of my thumb, something wicked this way comes. It's a thousand years to Christmas, Mr. Hubbard. Wait. That's right. There's another tradition. Very important. Always check your candy. Can somebody tell me what the Sam Hill is going on around here? Well, we can't, sir. Well, who are you? We're the Monster Squad. Wow. Welcome back to the project. <laughs> you guys didn't hear that. I'm just like, motherfucker, seriously. It's like, <laughs> and it wasn't even anything bad. I'm just like, wow, that was the reference you went with. Well, so. you know, hey, it's late. I'm tired. I, and I'm leaving through the short straw. <laughs> so Barry has run me out of the podcast. I'm Ooh, leaving. And here I thought it'd be Alan. <laughs> Speaking of which. <laughs> welcome back to the Project Gen X podcast. I'm Alan Smith along with. I'm the other guy, Big Dave. Yeah, and now I don't want to be here. And this may, right. and this may be the gayest episode we ever did. Stop. <laughs> and we'll get into that here in just oh a second. My gosh. So it's uh, Alan, episode, put your shirt back on. This put episode on. we are going to we are going to be covering the 1987 movie The Lost Boys. Yes. <laughs> yes. This is one I've been waiting. I would put the baby oil away. Put it away. Hey, he still believes, man. That's right. He still believes. It's all that sexuality. Oh, yes. (laughs) Man. All right. Barry, go ahead and do what you're going to (laughs) do. This is... I love how you just kind of toss it over to me. All right. This episode has already gone full off the rails. Dave, we were talking about this, and I was like... I'll say it before. I was like, I... First off, neither think of this movie as a horror movie nor a fall movie. And, um, God, I don't even remember what the fuck I was getting ready to say. I, um, but yeah, I, I've never looked at this movie as, you know, whatever. Anyways, Dave was like, yeah, this will be a fun episode to, uh, to, to do, though. And I was like, let me tell you, by the time that we're done with this, Everyone will be mad at me. <laughs> and, I said, and I legitimately looked at him and said, and that's what's going to make it. I was about to say it. The best like, part is we're already kind of there. By so, the know. time that this episode is over, you guys are going to be angry with me Actually, about this movie. The <laughs> only reason I agreed to do this movie is because there are vampires. I got it. Yes. And it's an anniversary. All right. It is an not. anniversary. It's 35th anniversary. It's got a killer soundtrack. Let's and it has honest. a killer okay. soundtrack. <laughs> killer. Anyway, Barry, go ahead and, yes, sir. and do your thing. All right. Lost. Boys. Original release date July 31st, 1987. Again, another July release date on these. Again, neither a horror movie All right, nor a fall movie. Fair. And the fact that Hollywood <laughs> has no idea how to market horror movies okay. in the correct time. You're, you're not wrong. Um, directed by Joel Schumacher. Not the original director, though. Nope. Originally was going to be directed by Richard Donner. I can see that to a point. And the, his premise behind this the Frog was, Brothers being the... I yeah. can see it was, that. Well, actually, <laughs> in the Donner version of it, the cast was going to be a lot younger all the way around, and it was going to be like a vampire Goonies. That was his premise for this. I can see that. But Donner yeah. left the production on this to go make Lethal Weapon. Which ties back to our tales from the 
Chris. Yes, it does. <laughs> yes, it does. So it kind of comes all circles. See, there yep. was a reason for doing this episode. There we go. All right. Um, original screenplay. Uh, the the sorry. The writer on this was Janice Fletcher. Janice Fisher, excuse me, and James Jeremias. Those are some fun names to say. Uh, Never trust anyone with two first names. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, distributed by Warner Brothers. As I said, uh, the release date was in July. Um, budget on this puppy was 8.5 mil. Mm-hmm. Box office, 32.2. So it didn't do half bad. It This movie... It had more of a life in home video. It had... Okay, first off... Yes, it, it was. It was. It was a home. It was a home video that Definitely. really made this movie. Um, it was also the the soundtrack had a lot. More, oh yeah. While, when it was in theaters, the soundtrack had a lot more traction than this. Yes. So. Definitely. And still does to this day. Yeah. Well, and and actually, it had a really nice cast to it as yes, well. It does. So very very good cast. Let's go over it. It uh, has the Corys. Well, no, hang has, on. Hang yeah, on. That's true. This is actually the first of the Corys movies. Yeah. The very first time they were together. But first, you the have best of the Corys movies. Yeah. Well, you're not wrong. <laughs> the there. only Corys movies that's worth watching. Actually, did you ever see Blown Away? Never did. No. Okay. It was one that came out in the. Early mid '90s, somewhere around in there. This is this is what it is. Straight to video. It's the Corys and Nicole Eggert. Okay, that's really all you need to know. And it's kind of one of those. It's kind of one of those like. It wasn't really a Skinnerbacks movie, but 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 yeah, you could see Nicole Eggert naked in it, you know. And it's like we're going to talk about a lot of stuff. Oh yeah, probably going to be really uncomfortable for some people, but we're going to have fun. Before Uh, we even get into this, (laughs) I do have a favorite Corey's movie. Okay, it's still Dream a Little Dream. I know, yeah, I love that damn movie. That's actually not a bad. I love that damn movie. All right, weirdo. So the rest of this cast: (laughs) Jason Patrick playing Michael Emerson. Emerson. Yes, I can never remember their last name. Jason Patrick has been around forever. Was in Solar Babies. Was in quite a few other movies. One of my favorite movies that he was in. I forget was Smoke Jumpers. Smoke Jumpers. Sleepers. <laughs> you don't know what I'm talking about. I have no clue. <laughs> it's a. It's a. Um, uh, Obviously, it's, a, it's an entourage uh, reference. Oh god! <laughs> All right, fair. Oh no! For those of, for those of you who actually watched Entourage, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. As, Hug it out, baby. Hug it out. <laughs> Hug it out. As previously mentioned, Corey Haim plays Sam, Michael's younger brother. Yes. Um, prior to this, the biggest movie that he had done, Lucas. Prior to this? Yeah. he That was his first movie was Lucas. And that was 84, 85, something like Did that. Did not have anything else in between that? Not that I remembered. Not that All I right. I don't know what's in um, All right. From Lucas to a vampire. Playing David yep. Powers, Mr. Jack Bauer, Power Hour himself, Kiefer Sutherland. Kiefer Sutherland. Kiefer. Uh, playing Paul was an actor, uh, Brooke McCarter. Uh, he didn't really have a whole lot. Was it the little? No, no, that was Manny. That was Manny. Yeah, sorry. Uh, playing Dwayne was Billy Worth. Um, the biggest movie I could find that he did was a movie called Boys on the Side. That's fine. Oh, yeah. uh, the Drew Barrymore movie. Yes. Yeah. Uh, now tell us who the other one is. Oh. Wild Stallion! <laughs> Marco! Marco, <laughs> yes. played Winter. by Alex Winters. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, playing Lucy Emerson, Michael and Sam's mom, mm-hmm. is Diane, Diane Weiss. Weiss. Yeah. Diane Weiss, who's known for so many different movies, but my favorite one still of hers is Edward Scissorhands. I still love that damn movie. I don't care what anybody says. Playing the Frog Brothers. Agree to disagree. Uh, no, hold on. <laughs> you skipped Grandpa. Oh, I'm getting to Grandpa. Oh, you want the whole family on that Because Grandpa is a 
Bernard Hughes, yes. who played Grandpa. You know him from one of our previous episodes, actually two of our previous episodes. Yes, you do. Tron, mm-hmm. and I can't remember mm-hmm. what the other one was. Um, <laughs> if he hadn't said that, we'd I know. Gone right off. But and I could probably go he back was, and look it up, but I'm not going to. In Tron, he was uh, yeah, Dumont. He, yeah. yeah. Dumont. Um, but the Frog Brothers, you have Edgar and Allen. The thing about Santa that. Cruz, all the damn vampires. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> the fact that he couldn't find like, aftershave and used Windex. Windex. Yeah. <laughs> Which makes me wonder if he doesn't know the, the dad from my big fat oh. Greek wedding. Oh, God. Was it the Widow Johnson? Is that who? The Widow Johnson, yes. (laughs) So playing Alan Frog was an actor by the name of Jameson Newlander. Now, Jameson really is... Did we really see him in anything after The sequels. It's about really the only thing that he did. Okay. Don't ever watch any of the sequels. We'll we'll get to that. We'll get to that. (laughs) Playing Edgar Frog was Corey Corey Feldman. Feldman. Right. Known from the Goonies. Talking like this the entire time. Yes. (laughs) Playing Star... Was uh, Jamie, Jamie Gertz. Gertz. Yep. Um, got the role because of Jason Patrick basically said if she didn't get hired, he was going to quit because they worked together in Solar Babies. This was the same year as um, um, Less Than Zero, was it not? Oh, I think or, it was. Uh, or they were like, maybe were that close. was the next year. They were, they were right close, there, close together. Yeah. But yeah. I had the biggest crush on her. Oh, God. I loved her in Square Pegs. That yes. was one of my oh, favorites. That's yeah. right. But people would have known her from prior to this. Yes. More than anything. Um, playing Laddie was Chance Michael Corbett. Mm-hmm. Didn't really do a whole lot from there. Um, there's a few other kind of haze. It's that guy's. You know, Greg was Alexander Bacon Chapman. Uh, Shelly was played by Nori Morgan. Come on, tell us why you still believe. Come on. <laughs> I'm getting to it. <laughs> I'm getting to it. Uh, playing Maria was an actress named Kelly Jo Minter. She was in the, the movie oh, Summer School. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, you don't really see her. She doesn't have a lot of no, speaking she, role, but, but, but she's, she's there. there yes, you know? it's a- um, there's there's two that I've left to the end. The first one, as Dave mentioned, playing greased up sax guy, <laughs> is Tim Capello. Oh my! Who God. his next biggest role? Who thirty five years later is still playing shirtless because <laughs> he still like, believes. Because he still believes. Man. And one that we just recently lost. I I, I have to give credit okay. the, the gentleman that played Max, mm-hmm. Edward Herman. Mm-hmm. He is a, hey, it's that guy if you've ever seen one. If you need a stand-up, just like stiff human being, that's your guy. He was in Annie. He was in he was in a couple of episodes of MASH. He was in, uh, oh, God, so many different movies. But he always plays the stiff. And the one that I loved was an old Disney movie that he was in called The North Avenue Irregulars that nobody remembers Ooh, but I me. I do remember that movie. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Alan, I know you want to do it. What? Give us the synopsis of this movie. <sighs> I think he kind of did with Vampire Goonies. Yeah, Vampire yeah, Goonies kind of uh, hits it around the head. The yeah. uh, family moves to Santa Cruz, California to live with the grandfather. After uh, a bad divorce. After a bad divorce, Michael falls in with some ruffians um, because he wants to get with Star, who's very elusive and becomes a vampire. And then that's like the worst synopsis I've ever. Oh my god! Give. Yeah, you're just like just there's a you're lot just of, there's phoning a lot it of in. Really great music, and <laughs> except for the one song from Greasy Sax Guy. And I actually I like so, it. I kind still of believe, still yeah. good song. It's like 
and then at the end of it, Grandpa saves the day. So, of course. <laughs> Who is aware of all the vampires? Oh, oh wait, 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 wait. And they completely change a lot of vampire lore for this yes. in order yeah, they, to yes, uh, make it work for the movie. Yeah. So, And we'll get into all this. And th- one of my biggest gripes I have with this. But anyway, all we'll right. go right ahead. All right. So, um, so you often ask about the box office, the opening weekend. Right. This opened at number two. Okay. I couldn't find what opened ahead of it, but it had a, you know, Domestic gross of right around 32.2 mil on an 8.5 budget. So it made about a little over three times its money. Not bad. Um, Definitely had more of a life in the home video market as well as HBO. When HBO picked this sucker up, they ran it all the damn time. You know why? Because people are strange when you're a stranger. Oh, you want to just get right into the soundtrack? (laughs) It's the best thing about this movie. All right, let's let's get into the soundtrack, because the soundtrack is just uncannily amazing. Jimmy Barnes in NXS. Yes. He's going to have a good time tonight. Good time tonight. Yeah, well, you had that, and you had Gerald McMahon, uh, Cry Cry Little Sister. Sister. I mean, oh. Uh, Roger Daltrey doing uh, Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me. Yes. And one of my favorite, and I said this once before, Lou Graham doing Lost Lost in the the Shadows. Shadows. Oh, so good. I said this when we talked about, I think it was our 82 or whatever. I like more Lou Graham songs than I do Foreigner songs. And And this is one at the top of the list. You're not wrong. And I will go on record, and and I may get some stink eyes on this, because you know me, I'm the Mm -hmm. cover songs guy. This soundtrack has one of the Echoing, greatest or, uh, cover songs ever. Yeah. Echo and Echo the, the Bunnymen doing, doing People Are Strange. I like this version better than The Doors I, version. I, 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 I kind of agree with you on this. I like Jim Morrison. So. I like them both, but it's Echo and the Bunnymen. Yeah. yeah it's I hard don't to know. screw that up. This song, for hey, whatever bring on the reason, dancing horses. For whatever reason with this, this cover, it seems to have more life than The Doors version ever did. For it seems what, to it's have a so creepier level to yeah, it, too. It just, it's... And maybe um, it's just that kind of the, the British element coming through on it. Maybe it's just, you know, I don't know what it is. It's yeah. echoing the bunny it. men. They have an eerie, everything. I'm, I mean, Killing Moon. I mean, come on. Yeah, yes. I know. It just, yes. I, yeah, I, I I have listened to the soundtrack so many times It's in the last 35 years. Um, yeah, so where do we want to go? I mean... There's so many different directions we can go. You on know, this. Let, let me just go ahead and get some of my gripes. Out. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. That, this is where it gets fun. Um, I really don't like the. You got to kill the head vampire. Yeah, they kind of took a little okay, a little liberty with that one. Uh, I there's also, been a lot of vampire shows that have picked up on that and run. I with know. It. Yeah. Uh, this is also one of the first vampire movies I believe I saw where it wasn't a vampire bite that turned you. It was just drinking the blood. Yeah. Now I know that's kind of become, especially with Anne Rice. Yeah. It became yeah. there was some lore with that already. Right. But this was kind of the first real mainstream movie that went you into know, that's that. That's a good point. I didn't think you about know? that. Uh, which, again, going forward from here, you see that a lot. Yeah. Okay, now uh, there usually will be some kind of bite slash drinking of the blood that, you know, it's a combination, but this one really didn't. The only time they bit people was when they were killing them. That was it, you know. And even then, it wasn't Um, necessarily feasting, it was just destroying them. The whole, you don't actually turn into a vampire until you've made your first kill. Until you make your first kill. Right. Again, messing with all that BS. This wasn't the first time that you heard... 
a vampire has to be invited into your house. Now, that is one that I like the way that they played off of it. In yeah, yeah, but it was also one of those things where that was not a prominent piece of the lore that most people knew prior to this. Yeah. yeah. And this kind of really brought it in, and that goes, again, you go into Buffy and all that kind of stuff, and right. it really plays on all that. I don't have a problem with that one as much as I do the head vampire BS. Yeah, crap, I mean, that you know? was definitely a, um, an element that they took a lot of liberties with and brought that in. And could they have done it better? I think so. Oh, they could have done so much better. But, you know, um, I mean, it's still, for what it was, you have to remember, this was a movie that was kind of working off of a premise that really hadn't been adventured into too much. There's a reason why it was called The Lost Boys. They mm-hmm. were trying to play off the idea yeah, of the almost Pinocchio a thing. Peter yeah. Pan. Yeah, Peter Pan. Pan. Yeah, yeah, kind of a Peter Boy. Pan aspect of it. You have one person that's running the show, and the rest of them are just kind of following along with them. Right. And that kind of plays into that head vampire aspect. So right. I'm willing to give it a little bit more Plus of the fact, a, could they have ever, like tip their hand to who the head vampire was any harder than they did in this movie. <laughs> well, yeah. It was pretty hand-fisted. I'm I mean, lie. that was like, oh, gee, I wonder who the head vampire is. It was well, definitely <laughs> telegraphed. When halfway through the damn movie, they all walk into the store and they're looking at each other and he's like, oh, those are just my boys. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, uh, yeah, no, you yeah, just I told know. me right there. It Thanks. Just, well, when he comes to the, aren't you going to invite me in? You know, the, head yeah. of, the head of the house has to invite me in. Well, yep. Gee, I wonder what that has to do with yep. anything, you know? And I'm, no, I'm not saying that 35 years and I'm like no I picked up on that the first time I watched this movie of like oh geez I did some of the special effects are really good in this some yeah. of the special effects are really bad in this yeah. oh I agree um, yeah. and there's a lot of just like the whole them going up to the railroad trestle yeah that was actually kind of cool I liked that initially lot. initially yeah okay okay what's your problem with it it doesn't go anywhere well, it's the whole idea of the, okay. The, the, the I get the faith. whole like okay, the holy like you know, the, he's like oh my god. And of course, she, I do like that whole thing where he's still holding on, and you can hear them laughing and, and calling Michael. Let go, come on, let Michael, go. let go, Michael. Ball. Yeah. I thought that was kind of cool, very reminiscent of um, that scene in Silver Bullet yes. when they're you know yeah. when they're out yeah, yeah, chasing yeah, yeah. and there's the fog and they can't you know you can't see all you're getting is these glimpses of like something reaching up and grabbing people. I was like, I really like that. That scene just. It's very abrupt. Of like, he finally lets go. But I think it there's a little bit that lingers, and then next thing you know, he's waking up in bed. Right. And it's like, <sighs> but that plays off that whole element of did this really happen? Were you dreaming this? You know what was going on? And so, of course, you know, I, the thing, I like this. The thing I did too. It works well. The yeah. thing that will tell you more than anything else is somebody's turning into a vampire is the fact they're wearing sunglasses and they now have an earring. I mean, that <laughs> just <laughs> really, you know, I mean, it just there, there. There is a very good movie here. Yeah. There is a much, much better movie here. So are you than already saying that you want to see a remake? No. <laughs> oh, see. How do I say this delicately? Can you? Can you? Because I don't know. I would say no. I like this movie as it is. It's a timepiece. Leave it alone. Also, let me say this, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I will put the disclaimer on the front of what I'm about to say. Oh, God. I am in no way... I am in no way condemning anyone's lifestyle or whatever when I say this. But, the only movie that's gayer than this one is... Friday or is uh, Night Rain on Street Two? Okay, <laughs> see, and a lot of that I know comes from the fact that Joel Schumacher was an openly gay 
director, even at this time. And there's a lot of that there. I, I you know, and, and like I even called picked up on that way back because there's obviously something going on between Michael and and Kiefer Sullivan's character here. Well, okay? but I mean, yeah, and I know it's the whole thing they're going with her, but it's like no, 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 no. There is a whole lot more going on here. See, it's not, it's not even subtext. Anymore. I disagree. And there's with no that. problem with that. There's a lot because you go back and watch The Hunger. Okay, there's a lot there. Vampire myths have always, especially in the 20th century, played with a lot of that. You well, know, but they played and, with the idea of of. Not even sexuality. It's like just sexuality in it's, general. It's not, it's beyond beyond it's, homo- it's just an regular intimacy. Sexuality. Right. And I think that's and, and I don't think that's necessarily gay or straight either way. I think that that was the element of a vampire because that's been used in so many movies. Even if you go back to Bela Lugosi, it's that Absolutely. whole idea no, of just and that, I get that 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 and draw, that and intimacy, that, that very focus. Much, it is very much a you know. But again, seduction. Yes. All of yes. But, Thank but you, Dave. Let's talk about you know the. Sweaty sax guy on the beach, okay? <laughs> greased up sax guy, or the very for the opening to the movie mm-hmm. with the the punk rockers or whatever, you know, and it's like all oh, the leather clad and shirtless and and well, the, the you know very as well as I do, that very, that was, I get that, you know, but the village people are a thing. <laughs> okay, so that notwithstanding, I'm going to say this that and again, I'm not. Yeah. It, it's just and sometimes some of this also is hindsight. You know, you might not catch a lot. I always knew there was something else going on here. I couldn't quite put my finger on it back when I was 13 watching this movie. Eventually, you start seeing a lot of it, and then you... Okay, I get it. It's fine. Um, especially, you also had to remember what... Especially the the gay community was going through at the time with AIDS. Okay, and vampirism is a great... You know, with... It's uh, an like interesting analogy. Analogy It's an interesting analogy. Two. I'll give you, you that. You know... Um, but you, but I don't dislike this movie because of that. That's you know, it's just that's just me okay. kind of having some fun. It's just I just think there's there's a lot more that can be done with this movie. There's so much more that could have been done with this movie, and I don't know. I, I think put in the hands of a better director. Wow, that's a bold statement. Go I haven't Joel Schumacher. I mean, come on. I mean, uh, name name. Which a, Batman did he do? Uh, forever, forever and Batman and Robin. Yeah. Okay. So we're talking about nipple suit Batman. Yes. yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, so there, no, there, go are, away. there are plenty of other Joel Schumacher movies you can go down the line. Okay. Like, okay. That was a bad movie. That was a bad movie. I know he had a style. It was very over the top. It was very flashy. Right. This movie is very over the top and very flashy. Yeah. Okay. It gets back in that hole. It's a lot of style over substance. Okay. okay? Well, hang on. Hang on. I, I, the, you, you made a couple of points. Let me, let me address them. First off. I'm just. That was, no, no. You, you, you made some valid points on this. I think as far as the elements that you were talking about on what the 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 punk rockers and stuff like that, right? I think you're 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 looking for zebras instead of horses because if you think a lot of movies back then, they were all doing that if they wanted to represent the bad kids or the you know the lost I kids or whatever yeah. they were going was, with that. You always kind of, go to the punks and the metalheads, the punks, the metalheads, yeah, the, the burnouts, the bikers, the bikers all yeah, that kind know, of stuff, and like, that's what this did. So I don't think that was necessarily any kind of a uh, 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 analogy, you know, for I, any type of of cla- you know. I think I have to agree with him on this point. Because well, I there can were, agree that you're both wrong. There were <laughs> that's, uh, there were all kinds of movies that yeah, used I know, that I know, demographic. I know, and I'm not I'm not our demographic as the ba- I'm bad not kids. saying it's 
hundred. It's no, a one to one comparison. It's here, an interesting okay? analogy. Yeah. And it, it definitely would be one. I'd, I'd I'd be curious to see. You know, if anybody's ever interviewed <laughs> Schumacher about that. Or, you know? <laughs> well, they're not going to these days. Exactly. Uh, but uh, actually, no. There is an interview with him where he talks about some of like maybe not that, but he talks about trying to weave in allegories there with with which, the gay community. I mean that's that's which cool. is, again there are plenty of great movies that do that right. kind of stuff. And you know, you know I, I just don't feel movie, like this is one of them. Well, so. and see I, I think this movie was unique for so many things, so many good things mm-hmm. that there's the reason why this movie is so beloved and so many people I still think to this day, movie is beloved because people saw it at a certain age and it's kind of like so many other movies you see at a certain age that you think is good and then you go back years later and watch it and you're still trying to do the mental gymnastics to say that it's good I don't I, I disagree um, with you because I'm, I'm going to disagree this is no never ending story <laughs> well, 100% okay. no 100%. It, is not, it is not a never ending story I will give you that okay but that that's a whole other level of <laughs> but I see I think this one had a, that, that good balance on I don't Re- going and revisiting this movie, I do not. I feel like I'm seeing the same movie I saw back then. Unlike Neverending Story, where I'm like, I saw a completely different movie when right. I was a kid than what I'm seeing now. Okay? No, I agree. Like <laughs> and I think, see, this movie to me, it has a good balance of that seriousness slash scary slash humor slash kid like slash everything. So it kind of hits and everything. You can see Richard my Donner's last, hands all over. Here's it. my last point on what I said earlier. Good. Why in the hell? Do they have a poster of Rob Lowe in a tank top in their bedroom? <laughs> because he was almost cast in the movie. It was a joke. But still, I remember like as a kid going like, why is that in a teenage boy's Not room? to mention, that, <laughs> that was a Schumacher call for one reason. You got to remember what movie Schumacher directed know, in 81. I know, I know. St. Elmo's I Fire. Know, I know. So I know. it was a joke. That's another, why that was thrown another in. Another bad Schumacher. Oh, well, you know. So, hey. But I see, and that's what I like about this movie because one minute you're getting this whole, you know, the, the Kiefer Sutherland character in this movie was so just encompassing. Sinister. He was sinister. It was that idea of just taking... And the funny thing is, if you go back and watch the movie, as a main cast member, he has the fewest lines of anybody. I was going to say, Kiefer Sutherland is the breakout character from... His character is the breakout character from this movie. I would agree with anybody that. Else. I would definitely I, agree I will that. say that. Yeah. Again, it's going into it, Kiefer Sutherland is a a great actor. Yeah. Okay. I, I will say that across the board. He's a great actor. He's been in some bad films, but he is a great actor. Yeah. He always brings something to the role that you might not have thought was there on the page. And I think he did that really well here. Yeah. And again, he didn't have to say a whole lot. But what he did. But what he, he did, you know, and that's. It, it was his. He had a very commanding it, presence. It's the way he moved. Yes. It was yeah. the. Well, it was the look. It was the movement. It was his. It was his to work with his facial very, care. You know. Yeah. It was his very. I hesitate to say stilted, but his the way that he spoke was very. Uh, it was a different pattern. Now, what's the word I'm looking for? Okay, hang on. There was a lot of determination. Well, not determination. It's uh, intent. Yeah, it's something. When he spoke, he, there were not a lot of wasted words. Right. When when he said something, every word meant something. So I want I'll I'll give that. I will give that. Okay. So, so, so I want to set a scene for you on this and I want you to think about this for a second. Okay. You obviously have seen the old Dracula movies. Oh yeah. You, you know, you, you've seen quite a few different 
vampire movies. Uh, absolutely. You know, in different renderings. Think about the way that those vampires spoke in those movies. It was very direct. Yes. It was very slow. It was very intense. I wouldn't say slow. Well, I would say measured. Measured. Okay, measured is a better word. Measured is a better word. There, but it was very intense, mm-hmm. which is exactly what Kiefer Sutherland did. It's exactly, if you go back and watch what Edward Herman did in this movie, even, you know, he was trying to play it off, but he got a little corny, I'm not going to lie, mm-hmm. but he was very much in that same vein. And that's what I think was so good about this, as it carries that same element of how vampires were were shown in the past and carries it into a modern day, an 80s modern day, granted, but a modern day setting that still kind of pays, I don't want to say pays homage, but carries those same traits. Well, mm-hmm. and to dig into some of the other vampire movies, it could be gone you go back to, you know, their their pre You're not going to bring up Die Blackula Die, are you? <laughs> no. Okay. No, no. They're I mean, they're a supernatural creature and they have incredible strength, they have mm-hmm. incredible speed. And in some of these other more modern day movies, they talk about how they have to concentrate to appear to be human. Yes. Because all their movements and everything they do is just a little bit quicker that kind of and that's part of what puts regulars off of them and the way that they set these guys in that kind of environment to to quote hunter s thompson they were just another freak in the freak parade right i mean it worked beautifully especially there on the pier yes you know that's uh, i'll tell you besides Kiefer solo the thing that i do love about this movie is the actual setting oh yes being on the pier in california santa cruz and you do you have the you know you have the gutter santa carla sir santa carla you have santa carla it's it's almost it's almost the venice pier before it was the venice pier but you know still having like all that stuff that you see on the pier yeah the comic book store and all the 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 carnival little vendors and stuff and and the and And you know Live bands playing on the guys on riding the beach, motorcycles, motorcycles. You got the gutter punks. You got you know all these different. Yeah. You know you got the people. It's the normies that that are coming and hanging. And there's out. no it's vacationers just, here. This no, is not no, a vacation no, spot. No, no, this no. is a forgotten little well, you know, inlet. It, the whole in thing when Michael asked his grandfather, you know, so is Santa Clara the the murder capital of the world? And he says, well, let's put it this way: if all the dead people suddenly stood up, we'd have a serious population boom. So you know that is. Do you know why they called it the murder capital of the mm. world or where that played off of? Well, there's this amount of children that had gone missing well, in that area. as far as why they used that type of phrasing in the movie, though. Okay. So this is, this is something I found out. So you were right that Santa Carla was patterned after Santa Cruz. Right. And the reason why it was called the murder capital of the world is, let's see if any of these names sound familiar to you. Um, Richard Ramirez. John Lindsay Frazier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Herbert Mullen. Edward Kemper. All of them were from Santa Cruz. Right, right. Between the three of them, they murdered over 28 people alone. I mean, you know, anywhere that we know in of. the process that of 30. We know of. That we but, know no, no. of. You always have to say that with serial killers. That we know of. But it's so 28 it's, people in the process of 30 months. Right. That's why they called Santa Cruz the murder capital of the world. That right? we know of. Yeah. That we know. Fair. So when they set that into the element of they wanted to have an environment, I can't think of a more perfect way to play that in because... 
you know that there are corpses around that nobody knows about. Right. When they pass by the the the, the light poles and you see all the, the missing, missing posters, posters I, I love that. Yeah. I know. And the fact that if you looked very carefully, you could see that some of the vampires that they were talking about that. are on that oh, poster yes. board. Yeah. Yes. You know, I was loving that. And and some of them became vampires, and some of them became a snack. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So speaking of Kiefer, one thing that I, I thought was kind of interesting. Did you notice that he was the only vampire wearing gloves? No, I never. Remember. There's a reason for it. He had okay. his hands or something. Nope. A week before they started filming, he broke his wrist. Oh, oh. <laughs> driving a motorcycle horse. So if you ever watch when he's driving, he's doing it very stiff armed. Yeah. That's why he's still casted up, and they had to put a glove over his hand to hide that. Well, okay. I know that that scene when when they go to their hive. Yes. And you know they attack and Sol- Kiefer Sullivan like. There's that shot of his face and he's crying, his tears coming down. Mm-hmm. That was the the contact the contact lenses. lenses, and they left it in because they they were like that's just a great shot. Yeah, because yeah. they were you know, miserable I in know, those contacts. No, they were just destroying their eyes, and they were so painful. Yeah, but they got that shot of I think it's like he's getting hit with sunlight or something, right, and right. he's yeah. doing that. Um, but uh, oh, dude, the, when they stake that one uh, that one vampire who's whatever yep. the amount of blood. <laughs> Did you notice that the blood was kind of shiny? Yeah, there was a lot of glitter. Yeah, in the fake that blood, was so. yeah. There's where the twilight thing comes. There you in. go. <laughs> those are not vampires. Those are fairies. I don't care what anybody says. Jeez. That are, those are trash. It goes back to what I said earlier. Trash <laughs> movies. Well, and the funny thing is, if you go back and watch the way that these guys were, were knocked off. Right. And, and can we just give a shout out to the Frog Brothers for a minute? I love the damn Frog Brothers in this. They were the most, like, gunk. They were, they were the preppers before preppers existed. Okay. I like the idea. Idea of the Frog of Brothers. The Frog Brothers. I do not like the Frog Brothers in practice. Oh come on! How many friends do you have? I can think of one right off the top of my head right now, who is such an expert on one particular area I of know. things that you know. No matter what you say or how you look at it, you're not going to tell him otherwise. I know. Yeah, but so, it's maybe that's why I don't like them. So okay, much. fair, <laughs> fair. I can understand that. Uh, but no, but but it is one of those things where it's like. Eh. I think it's the way that they both, that especially Corey Feldman, played this role. Oh, he was over the top with the oh, very uh, much blah, over blah, the blah, top, blah, blah, and the whole like you know the tough guy thing. It's like I'm well, sorry, you Corey, can you tell are that they have done dude. all the research and they've prepped everything, but they've never had to look the evil directly right, in right, the eye. Right, and it, when they get there, they they're have, terrified. I know, I know. It, they completely uh, melt down. Yeah, it's. <laughs> Seen that plenty of times in real life with people who are all like gung ho and like, oh, I can do yeah. this, blah 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 blah, and then when push comes to shove, they're nowhere to be found. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a mm-hmm. um, well, and there, I mean, I, I don't know. I just I loved the idea of these two kids. You know, to your point, Dave, that that thought they knew everything until they faced it. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's kind of like when we were talking about Monster Squad with Rudy, where right. he's like, he's the, the you know king badass right. until he's actually got to put it to practice. Yeah. And well, then, he, but he put it to pra- he put it to practice. But he was still there. Was still some vulnerability there with that, right? And I think there's Frog uh, Brothers uh, couldn't. No, this was they, they were just. I, I saw more vulnerability in the non Corey Frog Brother than I did in Corey. I can see that. You know, Jameson looked like he was actually genuinely scared for well, his damn life. You know. Yeah. You know, and that's nothing against Corey Feldman because Corey Feldman is actually a good actor. He's had he some great roles. He's been. had some great roles, and he's played um, some great you know characters. But he just really went. Uh, 
He tried oh, to go Charles Bronson awful. on this. Yeah, and he's just he tried to go Dirty no, Harry. He, or he Chuck tried Morris, to go Rambo. You know? I mean, yeah, the whole I mean, headband and everything. Yeah, exactly. It, just, it, yeah. it wasn't there, and in in a way, it's kind of endearing at the fact that it wasn't there because it's like it reminded me of when a six year old wants to be Rambo. Yeah. That's what it reminded me of. I'll tell you where there was a huge missed opportunity. Talk to me in this movie mm-hmm. when they first when they go to the comic book store. Yep, and they're talking to them, and he's telling all this stuff about, you know, about Santa Carla, you know, everything. And he goes and he says, you know, we we believe that there are werewolves in the city council and high play, you know, and they're going through all right. these like supernatural yeah. whatever. It's like I want to know that stuff. You know, that is I, the yeah. it, there is a lot of there is a lot that they in, in that one scene they built a lot of a lot of backstory. They they had a, see again. They yeah. had a lot so. of backstory that could have become yeah. a universe. Well, but yeah. I think and and you know you guys shit on Joel Schumacher, but I do think that's one thing that he does very well with a lot of his characters is he does plant seeds to where if you want to yeah, adventure but, that down and and you know, he, do he a plant, deep dive, he plants seeds. But they all die in the soil Not all and turn I mean, into seen, nothing. I've seen several movies that have spawned off of some of the ideas that were planted in his. Like in what his he did movie. was Bane. Okay. All right. You're not wrong there. You're not wrong. But, not you know, that bang. No, not that bang. That was the, the one uh, with poison ivy. Yeah. This, that, oh, that like, one. Yeah, yeah that bang. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, that was just a bad or idea. Or the, you know, the, the back credit card. Yeah. The <laughs> and what's bad is I like Tom Hardy. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, we're not talking about that movie. We're talking about Batman and Robin. I know. Where Bane's just kind of a henchman for Poison I'm, Ivy. I'm trying to it. forget that movie because so. of nipple bat suit. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Well, you know, I always talk about him, so I have to I bring know. it up. Yeah, and I know, I know, I know. Before you say anything, I know every sequel to this movie that has come out has sucked. I There's saw no other way to say it. The Tribe, which was the first one that they did. And it sucked. And. What was even worse, what was even worse, the fact that it sucked, was that stupid tag they put at the end of it, where Corey Feldman's sitting out there, and he's like, I know you're here, Mm -hmm. I know you've been following us, and then Corey Haim shows up, and it's one of those things, what's so bad about it is it's not that, okay, fine, we get that he's been turned into a vampire, okay, that's actually pretty interesting, what's so bad about it is that... He's sitting there, and he goes, so are we going to do this? And then Corey Ham goes, oh, we're so going to do this. Right. Like, really? Really? That's how, that, that is what you're, what you're trying to entice us with, but stupid, terrible dialogue. Well, so there's a, there's a couple, and again. I, I refuse to watch any of them. Yeah. I think had they gone with some of the elements Schumacher had, pointed at, or had, had planted, it could have been so much better because there were two spinoffs that were supposed to happen that never did. Mm-hmm. If you notice... All of the vampires died from either set on fire, killed with holy water, things like that, except David. David was staked, but he was not destroyed. You didn't see that. And there was supposed to be a cutaway scene at the end of the movie where David slides off of that thing, gets back to the hive, and you look around and you look up and you see that Max was one of the head vampires, but not the head yeah, vampire. I'm glad they did. So it was going to open up that sequel, which also was supposed to open up the Lost Girls. I remember them talking about. 
a potential lost girls sound or um they they tried it several times and it just, just never came to fruition and but technically you can't kill a vampire with holy water you can just burn them well, it just burn them it destroys them you know right. it destroy but, them it just it, but again it's, if it's Max a way to doesn't turn them. out to be the head vampire then this entire movie exists for no reason whatsoever well i, I mean, think that, that is and i'm glad they didn't do that you know yeah. um and again that's kind of the you you set this rule for your universe. Yeah, and then you and, break it. Well, no. You set this rule for your universe, and now you're married to it. You have to you know, go with this, or else there's a bigger problem. Yeah. You know, and it, again, it wasn't, you know, there there have been plenty of other, like, I remember, uh, you remember Werewolf, the TV show? Oh, yeah. You know, and that was the whole thing where, like, the whole, for him to, like, break the curse of being a werewolf, he had to go and kill the werewolf that, like, basically the head werewolf. Right. Yeah. And they did that whole thing where he did, because it was Chuck Connors played the, the werewolf that turned him. Right. He killed him, but then come to find out the werewolf that turned him was still alive. Yeah. So, therefore, he was still the werewolf. He had to go chase him down. So, it's one of those things. Well, when, when you set these rules like that, especially something that's hard kung, that way, it's, it's, the kung fu it's rule. hard to get out I'm, of it. I mean, it at that point, a, you're you know, getting into the whole underworld of it all. Right. This was way before Where, Underworld. I know. Right? I mean, I know. A, but Underworld goes into that lore. Yeah. And Underworld gets harder. so convoluted. That it's that kung first fu. movie's it's, good. You know, the rest of them are... Eh, yeah. Eh. But, I mean, uh, so... There are a lot of elements, I mean, and I'm not going to say this is the perfect movie by any stretch but, of the imagination. Yeah. Is it dated? Absolutely. Oh, God. Is it, you know... All right, showbiz token time. Right, well, hold on. Here's the other thing. All right. It's not even the fact, like, you know, we talked with David. He yeah. didn't get staked. No, he got run... Well, he did kind of get staked with no. the, the the horns on the front yeah, of the car. Yeah, it was antlers. Yeah. No, he ran but into they all those antlers. They were made out of wood, uh, though. Do you not remember grandfather ma- no, or grandpa was, making those in the front? It was not on the front of the car. He got hit with the truck and launched into, into the room. The right. room with all the antlers. Okay. So where he was in there doing his taxidermy. There's right. the argument of whether it was the, the antlers from taxidermy, but there's also but a scene again, in there where he's out there whittling stuff down I know, in the wood carvings I know, and stuff. And I know, and that's the whole thing antlers, that, that kills so. that, that's the whole thing that kills Max is the the stakes that he was putting in upside down. Right. Comes flying in and kills him. I get that. Again, you're going back to the whole so if Max is the head vampire, it doesn't matter whether he got staked or whatever he's dead now yeah. or he's not he's not going to be a vampire well but david longer. was killed before max though and right but see if he's but here's the thing if david goes up on that <laughs> he goes up on those antlers that aren't quote-unquote stakes okay? right but then max gets killed shortly thereafter he loses all supernatural so he's going to die anyway well there's that okay and you get i mean back that to the is original lord to the reason the why you stake a vampire is, is to, to put them, them in the, the, ground. the ground hold them in the ground right. it's not to it's not the stake not to the dust heart. them or whatever yeah. uh, so again it's a, i'm saying that's what they were trying to open that up to say that max was not the head vampire whether well, for somebody trying, who really hates rules I hate when a movie breaks their own rules. <laughs> yeah. And let's be honest, about the only way to kill a vampire is to cut the head off. Of yeah, yeah. I mean, or set it on fire. Whatever. I mean, there's or leave it out in the sun or car crash or you know. No, not old car age. crash. Old age. age. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they they don't blow it up age. with dynamite. Exactly. <laughs> dynamite might work. Kick it in the nards. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! All right, all right. Showbiz token me, Dave. What do you think? I think it's a solid three. Solid three. The soundtrack is five. Okay, I, I soundtrack yeah. is five showbiz tokens, but the movie's a solid three. Okay. All right, Alan. It's a week two. 
Ooh. very weak too. Ooh. Boo this man. Very weak too. Boo this Might man. Might even be down into the one and three quarters in my, in wow. my opinion. Okay. I, do, I, I told you, I do not have any love for this movie. Yeah. I mean, there, there okay. are elements I like, but overall, and it's one of those things that they had such a cool premise. And do you remember all of the, like, I remember, I remember the television ads for it, but what I remember more was the radio ads yes. that they had for this back, because this was, I was in junior high. Because we they sounded I was in junior high school. They said, it was one of those things had the thing is like, hey, you know, uh, sleep all day, party all night, must be great to be, or must, or, yeah, must be great to be a, be vampire. a vampire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which was amazing tagline on this. Like, yep. yeah, that's right. And then you see this piece of crap and it's like, wow, you just made this out to be like, not fun at all. I mean, that's like, if you're going, if you're going to tag something, Sleep all day, party all night. It must be great to be a vampire. Make it feel like it would be great to be a vampire. Like Michael really wants to become a vampire. He did. Did he? He was trying to get in with that. Okay. Uh, okay. All right. I you, mean, you no. given your rule. No, no, no. He no. Was David was trying to get laid. Okay. <laughs> Let's be honest. No. David was the vampire. <laughs> Michael, Michael. Michael or Michael. Okay. Michael was chasing I don't a even, girl. I don't see Michael. I don't even. Yeah. That, that's that's what I'm saying. Make it to where Michael wants to be a vampire. He didn't. You know, he was reluctant all the way through. No, no, no. Make it where he wants to be one. Make it where she wants to be one. Make it where Lanny wants to be one. If that's going to be your tag. Okay, that's... Okay. I, I that's, know I'm making is, people mad, okay? That is your but opinion I'm just, on this. I, yeah, I mean, you are entitled again, to it. My opinions don't necessarily reflect that everybody else on this podcast. <laughs> We've or given that a lot disclaimer of our, many and times. And I'm sure a lot of our, our listeners as all well. All right. So, <laughs> so Dave has given his. You've given yours. Let me, let me finish up with mine. As far as showbiz tokens on this one, I would give this one probably about three and a half on this just for the simple fact that to me it is a timepiece. It is something that does kind of hit that element and hit that era of the the 80s rockers, the 80s burnouts, the 80s punk kids, the unwashed masses, the lost boys, what they were priding themselves to be. Does it have plot holes? Absolutely. Does it have pacing issues to your terms? Yes, it does. Is there a lot wrong with this movie? Yes, but there's also a lot right with this movie. And honestly, I will say, I will go on record by saying without this movie, you don't get any other vampire movies going down. You don't get Anne Rice's stuff. You don't get Twilight. Uh, Anne Rice's stuff was already out at this point. Not in movie form. No. But the but books that's, were, that's and those saying. books were massively popular. They were, so. but I'm saying as far as to actually take those elements, because this modernized a lot of the elements that Lugosi set forth when he was depicting Dracula. Maybe I'm, not in the way that I'd, they... You I'm guys getting ready to, But I'm your statement ready. that without this movie, you get no other vampire movies, I don't agree. I, I oh, I agree with it. And I'm getting ready to commit serious heresy on this podcast. Oh, God. Yes. Without this movie, you don't get John Carpenter's Vampires. Okay. And that movie is a piece of shit. Well, I was also going to say you don't get Twilight, which maybe is a blessing and a curse. I don't know. But and Dave is yeah. like trying to like tell me I'm wrong, but he knows it's true. <laughs> There's not a whole lot redeemable about John Carpenter's Vampires. I'll be very I honest. hate you both. <laughs> There's really not, Dave. I'm sorry. I really hate you both. I can't argue with him on this one. But I, I will say, I mean, like I said, I, and maybe it's the nostalgia aspect of it. I will grant that. Maybe it's, you know, to Dave's point, the, the, the strength of the soundtrack that carries a lot of this with this movie. I'll give you oh. that. Here's one you'll agree with. Without this movie, you don't get Dracula 2000. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
But you do get Vampire in Brooklyn. <laughs> anyway. Uh, no. Dave is so hating me right oh, now. Oh, jeez. But I do think, you know, again, this is, this is, I won't say it's one of my favorite movies. It's definitely a movie that if I'm flipping channels and it's on, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to sit there and enjoy that moment in time. At a time in my life. Okay. If I was flipping through and this was on, or somebody's like, hey, you want to watch Lost Boys? Yeah. As I got older and my taste refined... I would argue that your taste never refined. Yeah, whatever. I I will say that... Mr. O.C. There is one reference that I still love (laughs) about this movie. In the movie Reservoir Dogs, Mm -hmm. when Tim Roth is going through his whole spiel of trying to work up his story, his anecdote, he goes, I'm trying to fucking watch The Lost Boys. Where did that come from? Quentin Tarantino. Hey, you know what? (laughs) I'll I'll, I'll give him props on that. He could have chosen any other movie, but he chose Lost Boys. I'm like... Okay, I could see that argument. All right. So, so all right. if you guys want to send hate mail, <laughs> send it all to Alan. Project, because he deserves it. Project Gen Hex Pod at gmail.com. We will read it on the air. You know this. You've listened to the show. You know. <laughs> or Discord. Go to Discord. All those links are in our show notes if you're not already there. If you're a big uh, fan of the Grease Up Sax player. you know. Yeah, there you go. If you still believe. <laughs> if you still believe. Then, uh, I don't believe. <laughs> It's not so much, it's not just the fact that he's singing this incredibly cheesy 80s song oh, or, that he's, more cheese. or that he's all greased up with no shirt on. It's the pelvic thrusting that he's doing while he's playing the sax. With the ponytail, <laughs> the shirtless aspect of it, and he's like playing the sax like he's trying to swing an axe, you know? It's pretty just, sure it's bacon grease. It's so, 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 so bad. It's lube. Just call it what it is. It's no, lube. No, it's bacon grease. Uh, but seriously, guys, hit us up on Discord. Let us know what you think of this movie. If you loved it, if you hate it, if you think we're completely full of shit, if you think that you know you agree with us, disagree with us, we want to hear from you. We want to hear what your memories are of this movie. We want to hear what you think about what Alan has spewed forth. We want to hear all of these things. I like how you use the word spewed. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you don't so much talk as you erupt, okay? So <laughs> you're like a pimple, just ready to pop. Anyway, uh, but hit us up there. Hit us up on Instagram. Send us emails. Please hit the subscribe button after this one. I know it's a little bit of a request, but, you know. Hey. Hit subscribe for me, not for Alan. True. Yeah. Do it Dave, for me because Dave, you like. Do it for the Dave. Because I, give I, it to the Dave. I'm trying to keep the show on track. Look, <laughs> I will say this. Please don't. I will say this. You always do, but please don't. Ultimately, what it comes down to. <sighs> if you love me, that's fine. If you hate me, I like that even better. <laughs> but there is, but there is no person on this planet who meets me and goes, "Yeah, he's all right." And I'll tell you what, and let me tell you what, if I ever meet someone who says, eh, he's all right, I will go completely Jesus Christ on you, and I will spew your lukewarmness out of my mouth, okay? Oh my so, <laughs> Thanks wow. for that imagery. Could we just end the podcast now? I'm, I'm done. I feel dirty all of a sudden. I don't know why. I, I, I may not be back for any more episodes. I'm done. Dave. I'm the other guy, Big Dave. Bye. <laughs>